your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Josh Heim. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we are back after a little bit of a hiatus. Tommy was traveling last week, and I was just starting a new job. But we are back, settled in for the summer, for the off season. Well, not for most, not for some teams. So we're going to be talking about the teams that are still alive, um, talking about those playoff series, um, and, and sort of the sort of similarities to the remaining teams versus uh, the, the Blues' success or lack thereof, um, as well as the draft lottery that happened recently and what the blues could potentially go after in the draft um as well depending on where they end up but before we get into that just want to let you guys know about the locked on nhl podcast now we only cover blues news here with the occasional dip into other teams but if you want to get news on the holy you guys gotta check out the locked on nhl podcast it's the daily podcast on everything happening in the league subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day subscribe to locked on nhl today wherever you get podcasts all right tommy so there's a couple series going on still in the nhl obviously because the playoffs are still in in full swing um, and one of those is the Colorado Avalanche versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Colorado took a pretty commanding two to nothing series lead in that one, but for the first time in 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 months, feels like Colorado is starting to show some some cracks in their in their armor. Um, lost their last two, lost the last game five one pretty handedly, and did not look like they belonged, uh, which is the complete inverse of how they looked in the first two games of the series. Are you? Are you still on the call? I don't want to say Colorado bandwagon, but do you still think that Colorado is that that unbeatable team that we've been saying, or, or do you think that they showed a, an Achilles heel in in their goaltending um, and in their lack of offensive production when McKinnon isn't isn't taking the the game over? Do you think that they're they're in trouble in this series, or what do you think? I definitely think they're in trouble. Um, I feel like uh, for the majority part of the season now, even when we had. Uh, Chris on from Locked On Avalanche. I was like, hey, I don't know about Grubauer. Like, he doesn't seem like the kind of goalie that you can ride his back on the way to a Stanley Cup Finals. And that kind of happened last game. And Vegas, I think, should get all the credit in the world for uh, putting the press on this team and doing exactly what we said the Blues needed to do is if they stood a chance against Colorado, and that was shut down that first line. Vegas has done a superb job of that. Not only the first line, but their entire offense. I think the last game they had 17 shots on goal total. Something like that. Yeah, so that's feels like they had seventeen shots per period against the Blues. Exactly. If you if you stifle their offense, what do they have left? Not a lot. And that goaltending comes up suspect. And Vegas wins. What was it? Five to one last game. Yep. Um, five one. Mark Andre Fleury playing out of his mind, especially after getting benched game one. Kind of weird. I don't really know what that whole situation was. If he just needed a rest. Uh, if if their coach was just like playing chess versus checkers and wanted Colorado to fall into a false sense of security. I don't really know what the whole situation was, but everybody on Vegas uh, playing the hockey that they are right now, including Alex Petrangelo, uh, who had a fantastic game last game. He had assist, uh, led the team in ice time 
and had like five block shots or something like that, which we also talked about for the Blues is something that they've been missing out on this season. I I could definitely see we could really use a guy like him. Yeah, we we could we could definitely we could definitely use him back in the lineup. But really, anybody that would be eating shots. But he's doing he's doing all right for Vegas. I'm I'm gonna be rooting for him personally. I don't want to see the Avs move on, especially after they acted like babies after sweeping <clears throat> the most injured team in the entire NHL and thinking that that was banner worthy or something to hang their laurels on so i i love seeing vegas come in and smack them with a sense of reality yeah it's it's kind of amazing um how much colorado has come back down to earth in these last two games um it really felt like that they were the team to beat um through their first six postseason games it looked like there was absolutely nothing that anyone could do to even compete with this team, much less beat them. You know, they were outscoring opponents 25 to seven through their first six games. And, and like, like we said it, like I, I tweeted out a couple of times. It really felt like who, who's coming in second at that point. Um, but Vegas seemingly did the impossible and it's worked wonders for them. They've stifled the unstifleable offense and, Beyond that, it is really shown that Colorado is sort of that one-trick pony team that we were suspicious of them being. Granted, that one trick is is pretty dang good, and it's scoring a lot of goals with some of the most dynamic offensive players in the league. So you know, when your when your one trick is that good, it can lead to a lot of success. But at the same time, when your when your other tricks are are as not weak, but are as un unimpressive as Colorado's, you know, their goaltending, their defense. It's not not to say that they're bad by any means, but like you said, Tommy, when their offense isn't performing, they don't really have another area where they can sort of step up and, and win games. You know, if their offense isn't performing, that's it. They're, they got no no backup plan. You know, Philip Grubauer isn't going to go out and steal them a one nothing game. Their defense isn't going to stifle the opponent's offense. They need their, their offense to be putting up three, four, five goals a game. And granted, they're really, really good at that. Um, and there's, you know, I have no reason to believe why they, that they still can't find that spark and go on to win, win a Stanley Cup this season. But I think that they're a lot more beatable than I gave them credit for. Um, and a lot of people gave them credit for it. And Vegas has done a tremendous job of, of adjusting their game plan accordingly to beat um, a team as tough as Colorado and, and make it look like a completely different series from the first two games. They look like they were going to get swept, honestly, after the first two, but they've they've definitely made it a series, and, and it's been with depth. It's been with a relentless attack, and Colorado is definitely panicking, I think. I kind of liked Vegas's game in that in that second game as well, and I think the, uh, the penalty in OT kind of just shifted things to the Avalanche's favor, which, I mean, what are you going to do? But... At the end of the day, I feel like both sides are complaining about penalties, whether it's the Avalanche getting called for interference calls after doing pick plays like they did against the entire series with us, or Vegas getting called for roughing after the whistle with Ryan Reeves and all of those things, which obviously is uncalled for. But I think both teams have a reason to gripe, but I think at the end of the day, uh, considering all the teams that are left here, I mean, Montreal going up 3 nothing on Winnipeg is ecstatic electric everything you write home about in an underdog story but uh i mean you've got like you said you've got the two basically top two teams in the regular season going toe to toe blow for blow it's a best of three series now so uh, that's going to be must watch hockey if you ask me and the winner of that series is going to take on 
the winner of the Montreal Winnipeg series. And there are some slight implications there with the Blues. Um, so we're going to be getting into that as well as just that series as a whole because I think Montreal is a a, a really surprising team. That's great story. Sort of come under pe- yeah, great story. That, and they've sort of come onto people's radar a little bit too late, and they're, and they're saying, "Hey, hey, we belong." A lot of teams, a lot of people were looking at that division and saying, "Oh, it's the junior. It's my my dad calls him the junior division." Um, but I I, I, th- I don't think you can underestimate either of those teams. Um, and and especially considering how easily Montreal has handled Winnipeg so far, I think that they're a real threat. Uh, so we're going to be getting into that. But first, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Wealthfront. Now, decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. So the odds are not in your favor if you're doing it all alone. So team up with Wealthfront, Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in just minutes. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic, so you're not manually trading. You're not picking stocks. You're not sitting there all day watching it. You give them their money. They automatically handle all the investing based on the preferences that you specifically set. Wealthfront is trusted with over 20 billion dollars of assets and you can get your first five thousand dollars managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on nhl but all you need is just five hundred dollars to get started so you can grow your wealth the easy way and let wealthfront do the work for you to get your first five thousand dollars managed completely for free go to wealthfront.com slash locked on nhl that's w-e-a-l-t-h-f-r-o-n-t.com slash locked on nhl to start growing your savings today now before we get into the Montreal series. We got one more word from our sponsor, and that is from our good friends over at Lucy. Now, Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers who are looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Lucy's been researched and developed for over three years to be made for people, not patients. They've created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine, and it comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon and pomegranate if gum isn't your thing they also have a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in cherry ice citrus and mint uh lucy lozenges and gums are fsa and hsa eligible so you can use your fsa cards to purchase lucy now it's convenient discreet products can be enjoyed anywhere on flights at work on the go or even in the gym it's 2021 it's time to get rid of your cigarettes unplug your vape throw out your dip and get some lucy nicotine gum or lozenges this is the real deal a subscription to lucy comes right to your door every single month so it's simple and you literally don't even need to leave your couch because lucy has delivery down lucy lozenges and gums like i said are fsa and hsa eligible so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them and best thing best thing is that lockdown nhl listeners Get a discount. Go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get 20% off all products in your first order. And also, I just have to give this short disclaimer. Warning, this product does contain nicotine derived from tobacco, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. So go to lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and you'll get 20% off your first order. All right, Tommy. So I've I've been pretty noncommittal on my bandwagon team. I've still been recovering from the loss of 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 our beloved St. Louis Blues and and especially hearing you jump behind the the Tampa Bay Lightning bandwagon I've just been very discouraged from doing the same but I think I have finally found my team and as someone from the Boston area this is going to disappoint a lot of my a lot of my friends and family 
but I gotta jump on the Montreal Canadiens bandwagon this year. Right they're, after they conveniently three... go up three games to nothing. Yeah, <laughs> fine. Right after your bandwagon team conveniently win, conveniently wins the Stanley oh, Cup. Fair enough. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, their their three combined stars are have ages younger than Zdeno Chara. That's a fact. Don't look it up. Um, He's sixty years old. But yeah, exactly. Don't look it up. Kokaniemi, Suzuki. Uh, and Cole Caulfield are dynamic, are exciting. Carey Price is the only one of the top, I believe it's the top 12 highest played players in the NHL. There's only one of them that remains, and it's Carey Price. He has proven doubters wrong this season. Everyone said, oh, he's a one-season wonder. He can't do it all. He's currently sitting at like a 940 save percentage for the playoffs. Has just been dominating the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, winning the goaltending battle against a guy that a lot of people think is the best goalie in the league in Connor Hellybuck. Um, and they're, they're definitely an underdog team. You know, they're going to be facing if they move on tonight. Um, they're up three Oh, if they, if they advance, they're going to be facing either Colorado or Vegas. And I think that's a, t- a series that a lot of people are going to write off in, in four or five games just because, Oh, Montreal, they don't belong. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them make, make it a, a very competitive series behind those dynamic offensive players, behind their really solid defense with guys like Shea Weber. Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie. And then, like we said, that that really exciting offense consisting of their three 20, 21, and... Suzuki's 21, and then Kakaniemi and Caulfield are 20, yeah. That's absurd. Um, getting guys that that much playoff experience at such a young age. Um, they're, all, they're fun. Collectively, as a unit, they make less than three and a half mil. Yeah, I, I mean... Look, if you're if you're if you're anything like me and you're and you're anti Tampa Bay Lightning, you're you're anti um big, giant, terrifying team that, that won the Stanley Cup last year, uh cheated the salary cap and arrested a small child, um, then I think I think the Montreal the Canadians are a really good choice uh to bandwagon. Plus some implications there that we're gonna be getting into a little bit later, but if the Montreal Canadians do advance in this series, the St. Louis Blues get the 16th pick in the NHL entry draft. If the Winnipeg Jets advance, the St. Louis Blues get the 17th pick in the NHL entry draft. And I don't know about you, Tommy, but uh, Blues have been pretty good with that 16th overall pick. The last time they had that number, they picked they picked a guy by the name of Vladimir Tarasenko back in 2010. And we're talking about Cole Caulfield. He was drafted with the 15th overall pick by Montreal. And we're also talking about Nick Suzuki. He was drafted with the 13th pick overall by Vegas back in 2017. So there are some diamonds in the rough to be had down there. It's, I, I feel like the Blues have kind of had a difficult time drafting lately, as we can tell by our prospect pool that's kind of depleted. Uh, moving Dominic Bach, I feel like, hurt the skill guys down there a little bit. Obviously, Clem Cawson is on the brink of making his season debut uh, next season. So all in all, I feel like the Blues drafting at 16, like you said, I mean, we talked about it earlier in the season, what you would expect this team to go after. I feel like a skill guy is still kind of uh, top of the line for these guys, especially after getting a guy like Jake Neighbors. You you have a little more room for a little more wiggle room, right? Because he is that two way guy that you would stereotypically think the Blues go after. And after such a promising first season in the WHL, uh, I feel like they might go uh, with a high ceiling guy. And so uh, I I do think it's going to be an exciting draft day for the St. Louis Blues. I could I would not even be surprised to see them move up in the draft just because it's been so long since they've had a pick this high really, but even a pick higher than that, it's been a hot minute. Like you said, last time was Vladimir Tarasenko, so 
And that was what, 2000, 2010. 2010. So it's been it's been 11 years, a decade. It's been that long. Since, yeah, the last time the Blues drafted this high in the draft. So yeah, Unfortunately, we did lose Bill Armstrong um, recently, and he was you know the, the mastermind behind some pretty good picks for the Blues. But one thing that's kind of important to remember, as much as we can say, oh, the Blues prospect pool is depleted, the Blues haven't really hit on a big draft pick in forever. It, it's tough to to get that lucky when, when you're picking between 22 and 31 every year. Um, as much as, you know, you could look at examples like David Pasternak, who I think was drafted late in the first round. Um, Matt Barzal, who was drafted late in the first round. Guys like that, who you're like, oh, what the heck? You know, if they can do it, why can't we? But, you, you know, you look at some of the guys the Blues have gotten and they haven't exactly missed. It's just they haven't hit on that stud in a really long time. And and to be fair, they, they really haven't had the opportunity. You know, you could look at the, some of the draft, their recent drafts and say, oh, blank, 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 went a few picks after them. I can't think of any off the top of my head. But I'm sure that there are guys that went two picks after the Blues that are studs now. But in general, you're not going to be drafting for a guy like that in that pick range. 16 is a completely different story. 16, you're still you're you're creeping near the lottery. You're still looking at guys that that you know maybe were projecting the top ten that kind of dropped out a little bit. You have a decent opportunity to move up in the draft. So I think the the approach to the draft will be very different this year because, like you said, rather than take a guy with a high floor that you know can be a serviceable NHL player, maybe you take a not necessarily a risk, but maybe you take a flyer on a guy that could be that game breaker talent because you have such a high pick. I'm really looking forward. To, to this draft, I think the Blues can make some some big big moves. Whether it's trading up, whether it's trading that pick away, who knows? Um, you know, Jack Eichel's a name that continue continuously gets talked about, um, and they they there's um, speculation that the trade talks could could progress as the draft approaches. So who knows what the Blues are looking at with that? Um, it's going to be an interesting time and, and it's going to be, it's going to be something new for, for us blues fans with a pick this high. So I'm looking forward to it, but, uh, something that's not new, something that's reliable always is built bar. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built bar has some delicious flavors. Just got a box here of the flavor chocolate grasshopper, which sounds strange, but tastes delicious. Built bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor like I just talked about. If you don't know the classics, it's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there is something for everyone. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can go online and get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Built Bars are so tasty. They're delicious. But the best part is they are healthy too. Most of the flavors have around 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever flavor sounds tasty to you. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And when we return, we'll be sort of wrapping up the entire discussion from today, talking about what we're expecting from the Blues this offseason in terms of adding talent um, and, and talking about wrapping up the talk on some of the remaining playoff series. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So let's say, let's say you wake up tomorrow. You're the new... Head of head scout for the St. Louis Blues, you are the number one advisor for who they should pick. What is your dream 
prototype player that you want the Blues to add? Is it a dynamic goal-scoring sniper like a Vladimir Tarasenko? Is it a two-way stud like a Ryan O'Reilly? Is it a defenseman? Where where do they need not the, not necessarily the most help, but with this opportunity of having such a higher draft pick than they're used to and maybe having a little bit more freedom to pick a player with a little bit more upside than usual, where would you like to see the Blues go? I have my answer, but I'm curious to see what you think. If you think about it, I feel like, especially with this draft, like it's so difficult because COVID has made things so complicated, and then you stack on top of that. Like you were talking about, Bill Armstrong is gone. So, uh, And then with the talk around Vince Dunn, if there is or not going to be a trade, and if you do or don't get a first-round pick for him, uh, that's a lot of pressure to put on uh, not really scouts that are new to the game, but scouts that are new to positions. That would seem to me that Doug Armstrong has a lot of faith in his crew. So I would put a lot of faith in that crew because I trust Doug Armstrong. That being said, if they do end up with two first-round picks, that's that's a way for them to move up in the draft and get even higher than they have in the last decade. Um, or you can double down with two picks, which we saw, uh, like you were talking about with Vladimir Tarasenko, that same year, two picks before that, they drafted Jaden Schwartz. So there's potential to be had to kind of turn this team around. But at the same time, you have to think moving forward, like the next the next core of this team, right? Because there are some guys on this team and like they're still producing at a high level, like Braden Shen, Jaden Schwartz, Tarasenko, David Perron, all those guys. I mean, Tyler Bozak too. He's a free agent, obviously, but uh, all those guys are kind of getting up in the years and your next revolution of players coming in, Jordan Kyrie, Robert Thomas, guys like that, Clem Costin. That's kind of who you want to build your next core around so there's not as steep of a fall off when those players do decide to move on uh, or retire from their careers or uh, just lack the production. So for me, I feel like left wing could potentially be an option here. I I feel like we have enough youth defensively that you definitely need to take a forward. And I think we've stacked the center position pretty well over the years. Uh, so it's definitely going to be a right wing or a left wing. I would say take a left wing. But I think an elite goal scorer like you're talking about, maybe a guy like a prototype a prototypical, I don't know, Dominic Bach, a guy that we traded away. Uh, but something like that where you can just go down and not even have to rely on him to pass it off and like have that good chemistry on a line. But a guy that you can, like we've talked about throughout the playoffs and throughout this season, a game breaker, a guy that can make plays happen just by himself, a guy like Cole Caulfield that can uh, make one man miss, put it on net, and next thing you know there's a goal out of absolutely nothing. So I think that's, in my opinion, what the Blues should be targeting in this year's draft. I'm going to get even a little bit more specific. I think that you're absolutely on the right track, and I agree with everything that you said um, in terms of positioning and, and, and what they need to bring to the table. But there is one skill, one asset that has been taking the league by storm these past few seasons, um, this year especially, and it's a skill that I think might be the weakest aspect of the current St. Louis Blues roster. Now, there's one player that exemplifies it more than anyone else and and was probably the most exciting player to watch on this team this year. And that's Jordan Cairo. And I'm talking about speed. Speed kills in the new NHL, the way that these guys are playing. We're talking about the Montreal Canadiens. What do all three of those guys have in common? They're quick as heck. They can beat you around around the corner. They can beat you down the ice. And they can make you pay in just a few seconds. They can turn nothing into something. We saw that out of Jordan Cairo this year. In his in his flashes of brilliance, just looking like the fastest guy out there, um, 
way way beyond anyone else on the roster and i do think that the blues have a you know a very well constructed roster in terms of two-way play and defensive zone battles but the one thing that they're definitely lacking is speed and in this new nhl it would be ignorant to say oh you know you can get away with just you know big lumbering guys that can hit the hit the crap out of you and while that's worked for the blues i think that we saw it in the colorado series they just could not keep up they could not keep up in the track race that Colorado turned it into every game. And no matter how much the Blues tried to shift it to their style, inevitably there was speed that needed to be matched that the Blues couldn't even come close to doing because of the way that the roster was constructed. Um, Now, I think that's going to be difficult considering I think speed is very highly valued in the NHL and it would be tough to see a, a guy with, with such a, you know, with that as a number one asset drop to 16 with, with, you know, the potential game breaker abilities in other areas. But if I am the St. Louis blues, I am circling that as my number one asset. You know, you got to get a good skater, got to get a guy out there who can just beat you with his feet. Um, so I'm really hoping that they take that direction and we don't see them go for another sort of just two way guy that can do it on both ends of the ice without really, creating much for himself you know good for creating for his teammates whatever the blues have plenty of guys like that they need a guy who can do it all on his own and obviously you know (laughs) i'm kind of describing Connor mcdavid a little bit you know everyone wants a guy like that but i think that in the past the blues have neglected that asset in players and, and it's worked out very well but i think the time is coming to an end where you can't you where you can ignore speed so that's the direction I hope to see them take. Can you imagine a line with a potential left wing speedster and then Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo for the mm-hmm. next couple of years? Not to say Robert Thomas is slow by any means. He's you know, he's not the speedster that I'm talking about, but he does have that that youthful stride that, that can beat guys. He's um, quick. Too. Jordan Cairo very right, agile. Right. There's a difference between fast and quick. Yeah. I think. You know, Jordan Cairo's a little bit of both. Uh but you remember you look you got a guy like Nail Yakupov. Um, now Yakupov was fast as heck, but quickness, not so much. Um, Jake Wallman so, apparently is very fast as well. So it does feel like they are kind of transitioning towards that. And I feel like Vince Dunn fits that mold as well. So that's opened up a whole, whole can of worms that we're going to have to get into in future episodes, because the way that things are sounding, we might've seen Vince Dunn in his last game as a blue note, but we do not have time to get into that today. So if you guys want to hear our thoughts on Vince Dunn and all the other potential players that could be moving on from this Blues roster. We're going to be getting into that tomorrow, the day after that, and the entirety of this offseason. But that being said, we have reached the end of this episode. So if you don't want to miss those future episodes, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. That way you get notified whenever we have a new upload, especially on Apple Podcasts, because I know um, a lot of people have been having trouble with seeing their uploads. So if you're not seeing our ep- uh, episodes on there, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button. That way, if they do end up showing up later than we actually upload them, you'll still get that notification. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. We post about our episodes there as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Locker Room. Hopefully, Tommy and I can be jumping back and doing a Locker Room really soon because we love doing it so, so much. We love talking to you guys. Follow Tommy on Twitter and Locker Room at twelcher 15 Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.